Thank you for joining me on episode 88 of the Unique on Purpose podcast, helping you find victory in how God has uniquely created you. I am your host, Rachel Gentleman, just a regular gal trying to help people know they are called to be victors in Christ Jesus. There is pain in waiting. Are you waiting for something? Well, God has maybe put a call upon your life and you're still waiting for that call to come to pass. Maybe it's been 10, 15, or even 20 years and you're saying, God, where are you? Well, take a listen as I talk about the pain of waiting and how we can prepare ourselves as we wait. Welcome back to the Unique on Purpose podcast. Just me today, Rachel, hanging out with you. No interviews today. Uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about pain in your waiting. This is actually in a book that I'm writing. I'm writing a book called Underachiever, Finding Contentment in an Achievement-Obsessed World. And one of the painful parts of living in an achievement-obsessed world is waiting. When you have a dream that either God has placed on your heart or something that you think is from the Lord that is a huge desire, maybe it's to have children, maybe it's to get married, maybe it is to climb Mount Everest, I don't know, maybe there's just this dream that you have and it's taking forever. And that waiting period is painful, especially the older you get. And I'm going to talk about why here in a moment. But last summer, I was at a festival. As a Christian broadcaster, I meet Christian artists all the time. So you, I mean, I don't want to say you name it, I've met them. But I've named, I've, I've met quite a few. And that's just a part of my job, to do interviews with them, stay connected with them, and promote their music. Well, I was at this festival last year and we have our station tents set up and we bring in the different artists that are playing at that festival to the tent, do interviews with them. That way the listening audience can kind of be there and just have a sneak peek and get a close up of, of the artist. And we had one artist over, he's kind of an up and coming. I'm not going to say who he is. But you've probably heard of him. You probably know his songs. But he was over at our tent. We're doing this interview. And I'm on my phone doing a Facebook Live for our station. And here this guy is sharing his testimony of what God has done. And now he is traveling the country, sharing his music. And then he says this. He says, I've only been a Christian for three years. And that's kind of when I lost it inside not on the outside but (laughs) but a little bit on the inside and most people I think would say wow God how awesome are you from setting this person free from addiction how wonderful it is that they get to travel the country and share their testimony and maybe those should have been my thoughts too I guess I'm just not at the level of humility that maybe you are but (laughs) I just wasn't there. And so I'm standing there on my phone during this interview behind the camera where all these people are rejoicing and I'm not. I'm actually trying to hold back tears because I'm sitting here going, Lord, why not me? I'm looking at this person who is younger than me, has only been a Christian for three years and is now living their dream of making music, traveling the country. And I'm sitting here, I've been a Christian for well over 20 years, and I'm still waiting on a dream that you placed on my 21-year-old heart that just has not come to pass. 
And I sat there and I wondered, did this person have more of God's favor than me? Is my testimony just not good enough because it's not filled with drugs and sex and alcoholism? Why am I waiting but yet this person, after three years of becoming a Christian, gets to do exactly what he wants to do. And maybe you are having similar thoughts today. You're watching others live your dream, but yet you sit and you wait. And that's when you and I have to go back to people from the Bible. Everything goes back to the Bible, right? And I love the examples that God gives us in Scripture. I look at King David. And here he was, just a shepherd boy, tending his dad's sheep at the age of 15, and he gets a call to go back to his dad's house because the prophet Samuel is there and anoints him the future king of Israel at the age of 15. And it wasn't until he was 30 that he became king. And he wasn't even king over the whole kingdom, just a portion of it. And it wasn't until years later that he was finally the king of all of the kingdom. And I have to wonder how many times in those 15 years did he say, God, why am I waiting? God, why am I still here? Or Joseph. Joseph is definitely one of my favorite people of the Bible. I'm going to write a book on him someday. But I, oh gosh, I want to say he was probably 16 when he had the dream that his parents and his brothers were going to bow down before him and he was going to be a great ruler. He was going to be an authority figure. And if you've read the story, you know that his brothers became jealous. They sell him into slavery and so much garbage happens in his life where he finally gets to be the number two guy in all of Egypt. And one day his brothers come to him wanting food and they bow down before him. And scripture says, then Joseph remembered his dream. And from the time that Joseph had received that prophetic dream from the Lord, from the time that though that his brothers were bowing down before him, it had been 22 years. And you have to wonder in that 22 years, did Joseph say, is today going to be the day? Is today going to be the day that my brothers bow down before me that I become that authority figure or how many times did he say well that dream's not going to happen it's been 15 years it's been 20 years I, I'm still stuck in slavery it's never going to happen I know that's I think that quite a bit honestly myself waiting is hard it's hard when God places a dream on your heart or gives you a vision for your future all for you to get excited and then just wait and man I hear you I know that I know that you're struggling. Waiting is the worst part. And if especially for a ambitious driven person. And if God is a director, if he's the director of our story and we take a theater analogy, you're sitting here going, "God, I'm tired of being backstage." I know I'm called to be on stage. I've been practicing my lines. I've worked on my scenes. Put me on stage. Get me in the spotlight. I am done being the understudy. I've researched my character. My my character. Get me up there. But yet you wake back, wait backstage, not knowing when your part's coming up, and it's agonizing, especially if you are a driven person like myself. 
And in my opinion, there are many reasons that waiting is hard. But I think one of the biggest reasons waiting is hard is that we live in a youth-obsessed culture. Let me give you an example. Back in 2020, the Grammy Awards, so this is before COVID hit, female singer Billie Eilish made music history. She took home five Grammys, becoming the first woman and second person ever to win Record of the Year, Album of the Year, Song of the Year, Best New Artist of the Year, all in the same night. She also replaced Taylor Swift as the youngest ever solo winner for Album of the Year, and Billie Eilish was only 18. In the music industry and everybody on socials and news outlets, they celebrated Eilish's win because, well, she was 18, the youngest to have ever accomplished what has been done. And here in the West, we go out of our way to celebrate those who accomplish greatness at the youngest of ages, and we trumpet it all over mainstream outlets. I mean, look at the awards that we give, 40 under 40 the top 30 under 30. I've never won any awards with those, by the way. And do not misunderstand me. I am not saying that celebrating a person's achievement at a young age is bad. That's not what I'm saying. I think it should be celebrated. Absolutely. And I'm not saying that a youth shouldn't be given opportunities to succeed. It, it's beautiful. What I am saying is that over the years, especially in the early 20th century, and the rise of media entertainment we here in the western culture have become obsessed with youth and from social media to television commercials to clothing cl clothes outlets in the mall marketing people know who to target and it's a big contributing factor to those that are suffering from uh, their mid to late 20s with anxiety depression and overall dissatisfaction of life because the older they get the less you're going to be marketed towards, the less that people want you. When you're young, you have the whole world ahead of you to explore. The problem is that you have so many choices and that can cause anxiety. But because you have the whole world in front of you, you are the focal point for most marketing. So wherever you turn, like I said before, Someone's trying to recruit you for a college or a clothing brand, a vacation destination, wedding venues, whatever. And marketing professionals know that if they hook you, if they hook a consumer at an early age, they will have a consumer for life. And that makes you feel special because companies want you and your attention and your service and your dollars, and they want you to be a lifelong customer. But as you get older, your options begin to close. Think about it. The military and armed forces, they put an age gap of when you can join the military at 35. The healthiest and least risky age to bear children for women is 20 to 30s. Most choose lifelong mates in their 20s and 30s. Or, excuse me, the prime age for professional athletes, including the Olympics, those are teenagers and, and people in their 20s. You don't see people in their 50s going out for the football team they're past that prime young age and this is one of the many reasons that you see parents training and pushing their kids at younger and younger ages for beauty pageants and top sports leagues because parents are looking for that head start the more experience that that child can get at the youngest of ages the likelihood of them getting recruited or getting hired in specific areas of that profession 
And if a child waits until their teen years, they feel as though it's too late. And there are even some colleges that recruit. They start scouting out for football all the way in middle school. For years, children, as kids, we were told we were too young. We're too young to date. We're too young to go on the roller coaster. We're too young to drink coffee. And then all of a sudden you're 25 and everyone's expecting you to have your life figured out and have all of your accomplishments figured out. But what happens when you're not? What happens when God is working out his plan in you and the waiting is taking you past your 20s and past your 30s or maybe even your 40s and your 50s and you're going, okay, God, I'm waiting for your plan and everyone else around me is getting younger and younger and it is hard to watch them live out my dreams when I'm not getting any younger. Sidebar, what the culture does not tell you is that many of these young lives have been ruined because of being given too much at a young age, but that's, that's for another time. When you live in a youth-obsessed culture, it's going to bring about certain feelings. One of the feelings it's going to bring about is that feeling of being so far behind. I did not go to my 10-year high school reunion. And when people reached out to me and said, hey, how come you're not coming? Or why didn't you go? And I just made some excuse of, oh, I'm just busy. And then I changed the subject when the truth was I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed because I felt so far behind and I did what the complete opposite of what you are supposed to do in, your, in this feminist society. And that was I got married young and had babies young. Now here I am 28 with two kids and a mortgage and a few extra pounds around my waist while everyone else is getting these fancy careers and degrees, living in exotic places, living their best life as either single or maybe just getting engaged, just getting married. And here I have no career, I have no degree, and I feel so far behind. And again, because we live in a youth-obsessed culture and our young people today feel as though they have to have everything figured out before they're 25. And if they don't, then somehow they've ruined their lives. And that's how I felt. I'm, I, I, I'm 28 years old and somehow my life was ruined. And you hear it all the time that life is so short. And as I've gotten older, I realize, you know what? It's not as short as everybody makes it out to be. Because I look back at 28 going, wow. There's so much more left of life that your life doesn't end at 28. Your life doesn't end when you have children. There's so much more coming. But anyway, I digress. The other thing you feel in a youth-obsessed culture is that you're losing time. Because the older you get, the harder it is to wait. You, you look ahead, you look, well, you look behind and you see all the years that you've been waiting and then you look ahead and you go, okay, I'm losing time. There is not much of my time left, Lord. What am I doing? Look at movies today. The actors are normally the main characters anyway, 20s and 30s. If the main characters are any older, most of the time it's them trying to live a Golden Girls party lifestyle as if they're trying to relive their 20s and their 30s. The truth is, if you are in God's will, if you are seeking him, obeying his directions, you're not losing time and he will catch you up, which I'll talk about that in a minute. 
an accomplishment that may be taking someone 20 years to achieve, God can do for you in one year. And sometimes we're working so hard to gather more people to influence that we're neglecting the people that God has already placed in front of us. You're not losing time. You have people right in front of you that God is wanting you to influence, even if the dream is not taking place. And in a youth-obsessed culture, we feel as though we are so far behind our peers. We're getting older. We're losing time. But if we are where God wants us to be, then how do we handle waiting? How do we handle in the, how do we handle this waiting period while we watch others achieve our dreams? Oh, you're going to hate this, and I apologize ahead of time. But I'd say learn in the waiting. While you're waiting, take this time to learn. I man, before I went into ministry, I waited tables for 14 years. I started at the age of 16 and I was almost 30. And that whole time I'm working in these local restaurants wondering, okay, God, where are my dreams? And for years, I, I genuinely thought God was punishing me. I genuinely thought I was not working hard enough that obviously I did something wrong because here I am working so hard. And yet I I missed God and I'm stuck waiting tables. Well, fast forward, I'm in my 40s and I look back and I go, wow, what a blessing those 14 years were. Because God was teaching me. And you wouldn't think so, but there was so there is so much that I have accomplished now, all because of those years of waitressing. Everything from conflict management to conflict resolution to reading social cues to how to appropriately put someone's needs above your own. God was not punishing me. He was preparing me. And there are different reasons that you could be backstage right now waiting for your scene. Maybe it's that you have to heal from past wounds or you need to tend to a child or an aging parent's needs. I don't know what that is for you yet. Maybe God isn't even going to reveal it to you and you won't know until years after the dream has taken place. But while you are waiting to achieve, while you are waiting for greatness to come, and even though it feels like eternity, God is going to use every aspect of your life to prepare you for your call. And while you wait, it is important to keep practicing and studying your lines. If you are backstage, keep practicing. Keep studying those lines. What do I mean by that? I mean, keep seeking Jesus and keep learning. And there's a few ways that you keep learning. One is practical. You often hear the phrase, uh, God does not call the equipped. He equips the called. Yes, he equips you, but you are going to have to do some equipping yourself. So let's look at this practice practically. In the waiting, there are practical skills that need to be developed. This is going to take prayer and maybe even some fasting on your part. So ask the Lord, God, what practical needs do I need or skills do I need to learn right now for my future achievements? Maybe it is going back to school or taking an online course or starting a Bible study for teen parents. But we live in this amazing age where you can learn almost anything on YouTube. 
So maybe you're called to plant a church, but you're still waiting for that church to open up. Maybe put in the search engine how to be a better communicator. There's hundreds of videos that will pop up ready for you to play and learn. If you are a professional chef waiting for that head chef promotion, it might be time to grab a John Maxwell leadership book. And while you're looking for all the practical ways to better yourself, God is going to continue to work on your character. Unfortunately, and unintentionally, people tend to care more about an individual's gifts than they do their character. And they will gather around all the cool, charismatic pastors and politicians and leaders knowing nothing of how they treat their wife or their husband at home. They'll admire the movie star on the big screen. They'll follow them on Twitter, or I guess it's now called X, or Snapchat, or Facebook, and not even care that they neglect their children for their work. And God is more concerned about your character than he is about the gifts that he has placed inside you. He is more concerned about a person's character than the gifts that he has placed inside of them. He desires more for you to have upright integrity than to have this large platform and just be a jerk. And what we are gifted at is just that. It is just a gift. That's it. Yes, gifts need to be developed over time, but God is looking at your character to see if you can handle the gifts that will be used for the task that he has called you to. And maybe you're like me and you think, God, I feel like I already have great character. What are we doing still? And it could be that the places that God is going to take you Maybe more than what you think you can handle at this moment in time. And in order to help you handle those future moments, he is presently opening doors of opportunity to develop that character and that integrity. And there may come a day when the temptation is to compromise that integrity. It's going to be, that temptation is going to be excruciating. But because you developed the character in the waiting you are more able to rely on God and handle that temptation that's going to be placed in front of you. Look at Jesus. Jesus had no public miracles until he achieved victory over Satan in the wilderness, and he was alone. He fasted for 40 days, and at his weakest moment, alone in the wilderness, Satan tempts him to compromise with bread, with glory, and suicide. Yet, Jesus defeated the enemy each time using scripture. And the same goes with David. No one knew who David was until Goliath. And yet, time after time, he had victories over lions and bears while protecting his dad's sheep alone. And when King, King Saul... He scoffed at David for thinking he could take down the Goliath. God knew his time was here because he chose to protect his father's sheep in private. And maybe you're going, you know, I have had so many private victories. God, what more? How many more private victories do I need to finally fulfill my dream in public? And you know what? That's a great question. I wish I could answer that for you. That's between you and the Lord. It all depends on what he's called you to achieve. And I can tell you this, the bigger the achievement, most likely the longer you're going to have to wait for prepping. 
and the, in the next one, I know you're going to hate this and I'm sorry. I apologize because it's so cliche and that is everything is in God's timing. Oh my gosh, I hate that phrase. I am so sick of that phrase. I just want to like crumple the phrase up and throw it in the trash can. But when you, back to the theater analogy, if you have been waiting for years backstage watching others less experienced than you take the stage and then you hear the phrase, well, it's all in God's timing, that doesn't help you in the waiting. It makes you angry. And though the cliche has rubbed me the wrong way over the years, there's something that has helped me immensely in the waiting, and that is God will catch you up. God will catch you up. Remember I said that earlier? As I've gotten older, I've learned that those who have what looks like success overnight, a lot of them have been waiting 20 plus years for that chance. And they seem to have come out of nowhere, but really they've been there all along. What took that young person several years to get where they are, God can do for the older person overnight. And I know that I've struggled with the God's timing phrase, but I do think it's important to understand that God sees what you and I do not. And I want to share with you a prophetic word that a friend had given. I'm not going to name drop her. Someone who's very prophetic, and you've, you've probably heard her name before, but she said something a few years ago, and it, and it hit my gut pretty hard. She said, there are those of you still waiting to achieve certain dreams. You're thinking you have done something wrong when really you haven't. To fulfill God's call, it isn't always about you, but the vision that God has as a whole. This means he is adjusting different areas around you to set you up to where he needs you to be okay to fulfill God's call it isn't always about you but the vision that God has as a whole that hurts a little bit yes it is hard to wait but you and you and I are on earth for two reasons we talk about this all the time that is to know God and to make him known and if dreams are not fulfilled in my timing, no matter how hard I have been working toward it, it's not that I'm necessarily doing something wrong or that God is punishing me, but it's because he's moving some chess pieces around to make sure that when I go checkmate, everything's in the right spot. My calling, your calling does not involve just you. My calling does not involve just me. They involve fulfilling calls that God has placed upon other people who may or may not be interacting with me because it's this whole picture. And I'm reminded of the verse in 1 Peter it's chapter 5, verse 6, and it says, Humble yourselves under the mighty power of God, and at the right time he will lift you up in honor. At the right time he will lift you up. Not when you think you've deserved it, but because the timing goes along with the bigger picture. And before I close, I want to talk about something that has always bothered me, and I'm sure it's bothered you. And you're probably wondering if you even have it. And that is the idea of God's favor. Whenever I see Q&As with maybe 
big influencers, Christian music artists that have a huge following or an, an author that has a huge following. And we're doing a Q&A. I will hear the question posed, how did you build a platform? Because there's other people like you probably that are trying to build a platform for your dream. And the interviewee will grin with humility and they'll share a few practical ways that they built their email list and their social following. But the answer always ends the same. That is, I don't know, it's just God's favor. And this can be crushing to the person that's asking the question as well as other people listening. Because when someone does not have that following they wish to have, hearing it is because it is God's favor communicates to that person, you do not have God's favor. You must have done something wrong. And of course, this is not the heart of the interviewee. They're not implying that you have done anything wrong. They, I think, honestly, just don't know. They, outside of hard work, they cannot explain why someone like them has a huge following while others do not. So I just want to squash this idea that you don't have God's favor. So please don't think that because you are waiting, you do not have God's favor. All because you cannot push past 200 views on TikTok. Some people who are gifted in marketing just know the secrets to break algorithms. Those who have lots of money can pay those who are gifted in marketing to break those algorithms. And God may ask you to research and learn how to market for yourself to best create that following. For others, God may be holding you back, not because you don't have his favor, but because you have his protection. It may not be your time to break the 100,000 follower barrier. Or God may only be calling you to steward 350 followers that you have right now on your Instagram before he moves you forward. Remember, faithful and little, faithful and much? And that's okay. Trust that if you are doing what you can to serve Jesus with a pure heart, free from habitual sin, you do indeed have God's favor. The number of followers you have, the number of email subscribers you have does not indicate God's favor. So closing with this, get ready. Don't lose sight of God's call in the waiting. And I'm, I'm preaching to myself here because I'm about ready to quit. Like I'm ready to give up. But I remember a friend saying to me one time, we're all waiting for something. And I'm like, you know, that's true. Everyone is waiting for something. That sentence is so simple, yet it hit me so hard because it means I am not the only one that feels the way I do while waiting and that you are not alone in your waiting. Everyone is waiting for something. And there's probably someone sitting backstage looking at you, wondering why you have what they want. Trust this. If God has placed a call in your life and it's still 10, 15, maybe even 20 years since you've heard that call and you are still waiting, it's coming. The process just may not look the way you think it should, but it's coming. If you have done everything you know to do and you are still waiting, it's okay. No matter how old you are, God is in the process of building your character 
and arranging all the props to get you set up to lead people that he has called you toward Jesus. Don't lose sight of God who called you. Get ready. The world may not be looking for you because you're not 18. You're not an 18-year-old superstar. But you have something the world needs. And God will make sure in due time that it will take place and he will catch you up. So get ready. Thank you once again for listening to today's episode of the Unique on Purpose podcast. If you are in the painful season of waiting, you are not alone. Keep going. Your time is coming. Unique on Purpose is available on iTunes as well as Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast. Don't forget to share, download, and subscribe. And remember, you were created unique on purpose. You are loved. And because of Christ, you have been made worthy. I'll see you right back here next time.